We're happy to have every one of you here tonight. It's a special night for us. Uh, we've been waiting many, many years to have our brother Billy Paul Branham come and speak to us and give us his, his testimony. I guess I didn't get the message just entirely clear because Brother Billy, he just, I think it was wishful thinking on his part that somebody's going to come up and speak after him. And I said, no, we set this whole service aside just <laughs> to hear everything. And I said, I, he said, oh, what are you expecting, 30, 35 minutes? I said, two hours at least. <laughs> Sincerely. And you know, we're, we're not just trying to be nice. Amen. We're sincere. Amen. There is uh, five, five billion, five billion plus people on the earth tonight. And there's only one that had the experience of Brother Billy Paul Branham. Amen. He was able to be with the prophet of God. He saw him in his quiet time. He saw him under tremendous pressure. He saw him when the great meetings were going on in the first and second pull. He saw spectacular things in this country and other countries. He, he saw uh, the time when the world, as it were, would begin to turn away from the message. And I'm thinking of Brother, Brother Billy Paul's testimony tonight. And uh, John was giving his last testimony of Jesus Christ. And he said that, And what he hath seen and heard, speaking of himself, that he testifieth, I, I'm sorry, in his testimony of Jesus Christ, he said, That which he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. And tonight we're going to hear a testimony, and those that have received that testimony, we have this seal, that God is true. God's Word is true. Because what we will hear tonight is a, is a confirmation, not that we need it, but a confirmation of the fulfillment of Scripture. God did things in our generation and he chose this generation and no other generation saw the things that we've seen in the magnitude that we've seen it in. And there's people here. I'm looking down in this audience tonight. A man over here, healed of cancer in 1957. Should have been dead a long time ago. He's sitting here in the service tonight. People over here have been called out in, in, in Chicago. Miraculous things taking place throughout even this audience. And, uh, but tonight we're here to hear the testimony of one who has seen, one who has heard, and I'm going to get out of the way and give our brother Billy Paul just a complete freedom in this service. And I, I, I feel relaxed, and I want you to pray for our brother Billy that he'll just feel totally relaxed 
And let's pray that things will come back to his memory that he never thought of for the last many years. <laughs> uh, I believe the Holy Spirit is here to bring it back to his remembrance. You're just going to pull it out of him, aren't you? I know you are, because I can hardly get away from here myself. I want to ask you mothers to be real considerate if your babies are restless and you're visiting here and don't, don't uh, aren't familiar with the facilities, just ask one of our deacons, but we have various rooms where you can go and you, you'll still see the whole service and you'll hear the whole service. You won't miss anything. Your children just become restless. Please just, if you wouldn't mind, take them so that everyone else can get the full benefit of the service. And uh, we'd like all to be real respectful and have just as little movement as possible. Will you do that? I don't want the children to move. I want you to just sit on the edge of your seats and just let God speak to us now through this testimony, this witness. Let's just stand and ask his blessing. Heavenly Father, I'm thanking you from the depths of my heart personally for allowing and permitting this evening to come about. Lord, we've been here many years now, and our, our brother Billy Paul has felt it on his heart. We felt it on our hearts. And we believe that this was ordained of you this evening. We believe that each person that is here has been ordained to be here, to hear this testimony. And may the truth of this witness speak to some heart here tonight, Lord, and, and agree with it and confess it, O oh God. I pray that there might be some soul that will be loosed from the chains of sin just as they hear the testimony, O oh God, of what has taken place, of the revealing of the Son of Man in this generation. Bless this congregation of people and especially bless our brother Billy Paul as he comes now, Lord, for your glory we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Brother Billy Paul, God bless you. Our pleasure to have you. Thank you, Brother. Thank you, Brother. Thank you, Brother Ed. Let's just go home. <laughs> How many of you enjoy Brother Ed? Amen. Brother Ed, speak. You know, they kind of turn the tables on you sometimes. Do you know, how many of you is married? How many of you remember when you walked up the aisle and got married? How nervous you were. <laughs> Multiply that by 10,000. That's me tonight. <laughs> but it is an honor to be with you tonight. To have this time of fellowship together. I thank you for inviting me. I thank the Holy Spirit for His presence is here with us. Not because that I am here, but because He is here. We're the most privileged people there are in the world. I bring you greetings tonight from the folks back home, from Brother Joseph, the ones at the Voice of God and the family. They said especially to be able to greet you I'm inadequate to do it the right way. 
But Brother Branham says when someone does something nice for you and you don't have the words to say, to say, God bless you. As I heard Brother Swami, Brother Jacobs today giving the report of over in India, it was my privilege to be over there with Brother Joseph and my son David not too long ago to see the work of those precious people uniting together. And I believe since the two days that we've been here, that I have been here, it's just been like a uniting together. It's part of the family that you maybe never had seen, just all come together. May God continue to bless it and pray for us back home. Bring you greetings from Brother Collins and the little church. You pray for me tonight as I try to give a little testimony. Not too long. Not like Brother Ed said. But just as long as the Holy Spirit leads. Brother Ed's got me all wired up here with something. I done dropped the thing and broke it once. I just hope the Holy Spirit does the wiring tonight. Brother told me, he said, I want to hear you give a little testimony. He says, would you give me your watch? And I said, I wonder why. And he said, you never take enough time. And I thought, well, tonight's your night, brother. And he said, I just want to take your watch. And I looked and he had a cast on his hand. And I said, why? He said, I just want to break it. So I said, no, you can't have my watch. I'm sorry. I just got to put that in my pocket. But anyway, it's certainly nice to be with you. And from my wife and family, I bring you greetings. I wish that she could have been with me. And if I'd have had a little more faith or she'd have had a little more faith, she would have been with us. But the wife is very sick in her body. She has three ruptured discs in her back. And we thought the trip might be a little bit strenuous for her. But God has undertaken. And she feels so good tonight. And thank you for your prayers. I was in the church the other day. and I feel better, Brother Ed, okay? <laughs> so I was in the church the other day and they playing a tape. And so at the end of the tape, Brother Branham, I think it was called The Blushing Prophet. And at the end of the tape, Brother Brandon was preaching. Someone says, well, I don't, you know, I think those tapes is, you know, we don't need to hear them. Well, Brother Ed said, just take your liberty, but I believe that you do have to hear them. Because I believe that's the voice of God to us. And I believe the anointing is on the tapes. And sitting back there and someone said, well, Brother Brandon, you know, if you preach from 63 or so forth, you know all the little doctrines, and I'm not here for that. That's not my part, you know. He says, but I said, I believe it's all the message of God, you know. And I sitting back there in my office and, Brother Collins or Brother Rogers, whoever's in charge of the service, and they was playing. I know Sister Nancy. I see her here tonight. They was playing the tape called The Blushing Prophet. I love the young people especially. And While he was playing the tape like that, you know, Brother Brandon began to come down. And he said the prophet was blushing. He says, not because of the sins of the prostitute, not because of the sin of the, of the mean man. He said because of the righteous. He said the way that they conduct themselves. And he says, the way you talk to your wife, the way you do this, oh my, you know, you just preach it right in conviction. You know, and I just kept getting lower and lower and lower, you know. So finally he said, on that tape, I believe it towards the end like that, and he says, he made an altar call. And I heard the people up in the audience going to the altar, and I was sitting back there in the back listening for the phone and things. And I slipped down onto my desk and knelt down to pray. I said, Lord, you know, take everything out of me. It's not pleasing to you. You know how you do it. So I sat there like that all at once. I felt his spirit move down like that. But I just didn't feel like I got through. You know how you do. You just, just wasn't enough. So Brother Branham said, he says, aren't you ashamed of yourself? He said, you mean that you haven't got the victory enough to raise your hand and to come up here and let me pray for you? Up went my hand. I said, Lord, just come off my knees. But he said, raise your hand. So I raised my hand like that. And just as I raised my hand, he said, God bless you, son. Oh, my. <laughs> 
devil come and said, he just said that. He's calling everybody son. He never said son no other time, just that one time. So I know it's for that, amen? Because we know it's all the word of the Lord. To each one of you here, and my, I've had such a blessed time of fellowship together. And to Brother Shout and Billy here, how many was here last night? How many enjoyed that message? My. I said the Lord didn't call me to preach, but if a person couldn't sing or testify after the way you all worship the Lord, there's something wrong with you. I said, I like the little freedom of worship. Someone said, well, you know, we just do it this way. No, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Amen? And I like the way you worship the Lord. I said, it's not like, you know, I said, when I sing that song, Standing on the Promises, I don't like to just to sit on the premises. I like to really worship Him and tell Him that I love Him. Amen? we got something that we can be proud of, that we're sons and daughters of not a king, but the king. You know, Prince Charles, you know, he, you know, over there in Diane, you know, he, you know, he knows someday he's going to be king. He's going to inherit it all. He's going to have all the jewels. He's going to have everything that belongs to him. And he conducts himself as that king today. And aren't you glad that you can say that you're a son of the king today? God has been so good to us. And he is so good to us. I get a little letter from a sister over in, I think it's in the Netherlands. Sister Arkwin, I believe her name is. And she writes me in the first of her letters. She never even says, God bless you, Brother Billy, or greetings, nothing. She says, the Lord is blessing you daily. And I said, Amen. You know, when Brother Ed asked me to come up here, I said, well, I'd sure like to come. And, and I said, but I've never been up there for many years. I said, but we'll pray about it. And as I prayed, I felt the Lord just lay it upon my heart to come on up. So I trust by our coming together and by your invitation that it will be a blessing unto you. It's truly been a blessing to me. How many of you was here this morning? You heard our brother man. Wasn't that wonderful? Yes. My, my. The mighty hunter. <laughs> I asked Brother Biscoe, I said, I've always had a lot of confidence in you, but I think you missed the leading of the Lord. And he said, what? I said, he should have continued on tonight. Because I really, really appreciated that. So I'm trying my best to get out of it, but I'm not going to be able to, I guess, brother. <laughs> but anyway, to, to all of you to the sisters that sang, and to the musicians, and to that little boy that just played. Wasn't that beautiful? My, and I heard the brother playing the trumpet. My dad told me, he said, he said, Paul, he said, if there's one thing I want you to be, he said, was to be a minister. But he said, I, I know that God didn't call me to be that. He said, but whatever you do, son, he said, do the best that you can. And that's why it makes me nervous to stand up here, to stand before the bride of Jesus Christ. If you've never stood here, you don't know what a feeling it is. Because I'm talking to the elected lady tonight. We've been called out by a great message of God. By the Spirit of Jesus Christ. We're the most privileged people there are in the world. That little boy was playing that there. My dad told me one time, I don't mean this as a joke, but I always remembered it. He said, Billy, I'd like for you to be a minister. He said, but if God doesn't call you, he said, you can't be. He said, if you can't, I'd like for you to be a doctor to be able to help somebody. He said, whatever you do, son, he said, be the best that you can be. He said, if you're going to be a bum, he said, don't you work a day in your life. (laughs) He said, whatever you do, he said, just put your all into it. So, I trust I'm not a bum tonight. So, I just trust in my testimony I can just put all into it that I can. 
It's like a little story, just kind of not as a joke. <laughs> Is that okay, Brother Ed? But you know, I tell the story to the young people sometimes. I said there was a football game one time. And I says, and there was big animals and there was little animals. And I says, the football game was about 50 to nothing at halftime. And every time the little animals would get the ball, the big animals would just knock them down and take the ball away from them. Just, just run all over the top of them. So when they went into the dressing room, the coach went in there and he said, boys, he said, I know you're doing the best you can. He said, but just try them out to make such a disgrace. He said, just do a little bit better when you go back out. So they went back out on the field and when they did, there was one little fellow there. And they give that little animal and they give it to him. He said, give me the ball. He said, I think I can make a touchdown. He was the smallest thing that they had on this team. So he gave him the ball. When he gave him the ball like that, they started down through the field. The big elephant says, I'll get that guy. I'll just crush him to pieces. You know, that's the way Satan likes to do us, young people. He said, I'll just crush him to pieces. And he went up there. And this little thing just grabbed him and throwed him down, knocked him down like that, and just marched on through the line. The tiger says, I'll get him. He said, he's just a little bitty run. He ran out there and he grabbed him and he stepped all over him like that and he just took the ball and he just kept on walking. Finally, the score was not 50 to nothing. It was 50-50. Then it was 75 to 50. The little team was a coming up and they was a doing their thing. So the coach of the big animals went over to the coach of the little animals. And he says, where in the world did you get that? He says, is that your secret weapon? He says, no. He said, he's on the team. <laughs> he said, a centipede. You know what a centipede is, you know? A thousand legs. He says, I've got a thousand legs. You know, he could just go through everything. He said, well, where was he at the first half? He said he was in the locker room getting his shoes on. <laughs> so I think that's where we've been for about 20 years, just in the locker room to get our shoes on so that we can walk all over Satan. Amen? I love that. Thank you. To be here in the house of God tonight, what a memorial to the message of the ark. What a blessing, Brother Ed. Brother Ed's been my friend, my buddy. I've known him for many years. And this is the time you're supposed to say nice things. Where's Brother Tom Brown? Where's Tom Brown? It's my time to get even, Brother Brown. <laughs> Brother Ed was up on a hunting trip one time with Brother Bud. I don't mean these things for a joke, but you got a good pastor. That's right. Outside of my dad, my brother, there's very few people that I'd rather be in the woods with than Brother Ed Bisco. He knows his way around. And as he's talking about hunting with Brother Vim today, you know. And so, anyway, we was up in Canada. And I think Brother Tom was there, and I know Brother Joseph was there. We drove all, rode all day long back to get into camp. How many of you know Brother Bud Southwick? Well, Brother Bud, you know, sometimes you don't get everything planned out just the way it is. This is your turn now, Brother. Okay. <clears throat> so anyway, we got back here in camp. And we couldn't get across the river that evening. So we set up on a sandbar. Well, about 12 or 1 o'clock, here comes the awful storm, rain, hail, snow, blizzards. All of a sudden, our tent just went kafui. Here we laid out underneath the heavens like this here, and it's snowing and raining. And I was with Brother Joseph, and the brain was just pouring in our face like this. And Brother Rocky Southwick was there, and Brother Bud and Brother Tom and him was over in another tent. So old Rocky said, I said, how do we get this tent up? He said, oh, Brother Ed's a sweet brother. He said, he'll help us. So he hollers over, and he says, Brother Ed. Brother Ed was laying over, yeah. He says, Brother Ed, he says, come help us. Brother Ed says, don't call me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
so tonight if I quit early, don't call me brother, okay? <laughs> but I love him in the Lord tonight. And I don't say that for a joke, but, you know, we love one another. And we just, so I told him, I said, someday my time will come. So tonight is it. But anyway, remember that, Brother Tom? Yes, sir. I said, don't call me brother. But anyway, tonight, as I said, he's a, he's a very special friend. He told me yesterday, he said, Brother Billy, he said, I've got all the letters that you ever wrote me. And I sure know, I hope he didn't read them all with all the mistakes, but when I write him, it was with the love of the Lord. Because he was truly a friend to my dad. He loved my dad. My dad called him his friend. I asked my dad one time, I says, Dad, what does it mean? To be a friend of a prophet. He said it might just come in handy sometime. (laughs) So brother Fred. I'm glad that you're a friend of a prophet. And I'm glad to be your friend tonight. God bless you. To Sister Bisco and to the girls. To all here. We thank you. To all the visitors. And to the ministering brothers. God bless you. May his ever presence ever be with you and keep you in the center of his perfect will I didn't come here tonight to vindicate a message but I come tonight to be a witness to a vindicated message I like to read a scripture before I begin my testimony I'm not a minister but I believe a Christian can read his Bible Brother Branham says a Christian prays and reads his Bible every day. He said if you want to get closer to Jesus, he said sweeten your life with prayer and with the word. He said you can talk too much, you can drink too much, you can eat too much, but you can never pray too much. You young people here tonight, I'm so proud of you. When I seen you get out and make your stand and walk up here, I know that I'm getting old. Not an old man. (laughs) No, not an old man. California's still standing. Someone said, how old are you, Brother Billy? I said, 53 going on 70. I says, but nevertheless, I says, but as I see my time getting closer and closer and closer, and it's not an easy thing. It's not been an easy road. But it wasn't easy for Jesus. It wasn't easy for Brother Branham. It's not easy for you. Aren't you glad that you serve a captain who never lost a battle? Aren't you glad you're on the winning team? You can look old Satan in the eye and kids, you say, when they come to you, and I don't call you kids because that's goat children. Satan, you know how you can tell when he lies? Every time he opens his mouth. That's how you can tell when that everything he tells you is a lie. And everything that Jesus Christ tells you is the truth. It comes a time you make your stand. There's a little brother playing on the violin. I'll take mine with the Lord Jesus. First John, or excuse me, St. John, the first chapter. The sixth verse. I like to read this.
There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. I'm a witness to you tonight. I think the greatest little quote that my dad ever made, so simple, but I believe it says it all. He said, the Lord Jesus loves you. And he died that you might be well. Then he sent me as his prophet to tell you what's the truth. Amen. How much simpler could it be? The Lord Jesus loves you. Then he sent William Branham. You say, how do you know it's William Branham? Because God gave me the revelation. This church, this building that we're here in memorial to dedication to, Brother Ed, give me the little history of it. I'm sure he'll repeat it to you. It's a testimony of your faith in this word and in Jesus Christ. Brother Branham said in the dedication to church, he said, the beauty of the church is the character of the people. How blessed we are. The beauty of this church. Look at this church. It's the character of the people. And you're part of it. As we were saying there, brother come to me one time and he said, you only say these things. He says, because Brother Brandon was your father. I said, no. I said, I'll be honest with you. I never really understood until after God had taken him home. I want to be honest with you tonight. As Brother Ed said, he says, when the brother was speaking his last testimony, if this is my last testimony to you, I want to be as honest with you as I can. My dad told me, he said, son, always tell the truth. And you can tell it the same way every time. God, give me the greatest privilege it was to be a son of God. To be a son of a prophet. Then he let me be a brother of a prophet. How much greater could a man ask for? I said, one time my boy, he's, he's 25 years old now and got almost two children. His name is David. He was about the size of this little boy here. He was living up in Sellersburg. He went in to go fishing one day. And as he went in, a woman said, what's your name, little boy? And he said, David. And he says, what's your last name? He said, Branham. She says, oh, yeah. She says, oh, I know who you are. She said, uh, "She says uh, your dad has passed away. He said, no, 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 no. He said, my dad's up in Canada hunting. And he says, oh, said, then your grandpa... Said, your grandfather said, he must have been the minister. No, 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 no. He said, my grandpa was a prophet. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of what you want to stand for, isn't that right? I was, in, I was in Tucson one time and I was getting my teeth fixed, you know. And so there was a the doctor there and we had been friends for a long time and, you know, just good buddies. So I was laying in the chair and, oh, I'm scared to death of a dentist. Oh. And I was in there and... And what do they give you, that shot of Novocaine, you know, so then they get you all relaxed. And he was a big man. 
And he come in, and you know, sometimes we fail to give a witness. You know what I mean. So he came in, and he stood there before me, and, and I was laying in a chair, had my eyes shut like this, and I was scared to death. You know, I thought any time the old drill's going to start, you know. So he walked in, he's a big man, he had great big hands, you know. And he just put them hands across my eyes like this here, and I said, hi, Dale. And he said, hi, Billy. And he said, how long have we been friends? And I said, oh, seven or eight years. And he says, did I ever do anything to hurt you? You know, and that's the way, not the dentist part, you know. And I said, no, sir. I said, no, we've always been friends. And he says, I want to ask you a question, Billy. And I said, sure. And he says, he says, he had, just had his hands like this. They had a book like this. And I opened my eyes. There was a 20th century prophet. He says, why didn't you ever tell me about him? Oh, he could have pulled every tooth in my head and I never would have felt it. Novocaine or not, you know. And I said, Dale, I can't answer you. He said, if I had a daddy like that, he said, I'd tell the world about him. So that's what I want to do tonight. Let's try to tell you some of the things. I want to be a witness to you tonight. Brother said one time, he says, I heard Brother Andrews stay last night, and he said so many good things, I couldn't get it. He said, it's my absolute, and that's the way I believe it too. I believe if God thought it, Brother Branham spoke it, I believe it, and that settles it. Someone said, well, said Brother Branham made mistakes, and he doesn't. No, I don't believe that. God don't make mistakes, and neither does his prophets. I believe it's the infallible word of the living God. I said, it's just like this. I said, I read in the Bible, and I read over here in Genesis, and I read over in Revelations, like Brother was preaching today. And I said, I begin to ponder all these things and say what it was. And I said, I didn't understand it. And I said, it's like a big puzzle. And I said, and all at once, he says, I said, Brother Branham, just come along. And he took this piece in Genesis. He put this piece in Kings. He put this piece in Psalms. And he put this piece in Romans. And he put this piece in the Revelations. And when that puzzle come together... It was Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I said, people don't understand. Brother Branham says, like I told you last night, he says, you don't have to understand, but you do have to believe it. Amen? Brother said, I said, when Brother Branham, I said, last time when I read the Scripture, it says Malachi 4. My wife's not here tonight, so I can say this. I said, you know, it's just like when her and I got married. I said, she was looking for someone, and I was looking for someone. And I says, and when she found me, I said, she got the best there was. Now, she don't believe that, and she's right. But I said, that's the way it was. I said, but when I read in the Scripture, and it says, Behold, I will send unto you Elijah the prophet. Then when God showed me that that was Brother Branham, then I stopped shopping. I quit looking right there. And if you don't feel that's what it was, then keep looking, because this cannot fail. Amen? Brother Ben was preaching today on on hunting and the the mighty hunter there, and I really appreciate that. I just wanted to add a little bit to it. I said, it's just like when Brother Bisco and I go hunting, or anybody goes hunting. I said, we got a gun. And I said, a gun's got a front sight, and it's got a back sight. And we look through that gun and look down that barrel. And Brother Branham says, you don't deviate that barrel one bit. And Brother Bisco told us at lunch today, he says, when I was out hunting with him, he said, before we went out, he said, he shot his gun in, and he said, every shot he called and said where it was going to be. He said, I didn't want a prophet that didn't know exactly what he was shooting at. I like that. And I said, this has got a front sight, and it's got a back sight. Brother Brandon says, don't you vary from it to the left or vary from it from the right. He said, say just what the tapes say. And he said, just say what I say. But he said, because it's not me speaking, it's him speaking through me. And aren't you glad that you're part of that? And I said, it's just like this. I said, this right here is the front sight. This right here is the back sight. And all this is right here is the interpretation of what this said. 
And I says, this here is the front. You hold it right out there. And this is the back. If you move this, you'll miss the target. Or if you move this, you'll miss the target. But if you'll hold it steady and say just what this says, you'll hit the target every time. And the biggest target we got tonight is Satan himself. And brother, the greatest thing we got is the Word of God. Hold that front side out there and that back side out there. And like the hunter said, just kill him every time. Amen? Many people say, well, Brother Billy said, I don't understand it. I said, I don't either, but I believe it just the same. I said, it's like the little cockney when he was over in England. And as he started to go out, the king said, I got a message I want you to deliver. He says, take my sepulcher. Take my sepulcher and go. said, whoever gets you in your way, said, just move him aside. said, I'm sorry. Get out of my way. I got the message of the king. I said, God, in this day, he come upon the prophet of God. And he placed a sword in his hand. He said it was a word of God. He said, Satan, get away. He wasn't scared of Satan, his tactics, or anything about him. He had Satan's number. I said, Brother Branham's secret prayer life was, a, was what he lived by. He says, you just pray and seek the Lord. And I, I try to do that daily, and I know you do too. Brother said one time, he said, well, Brother Branham, you know what he said? He, he, he can't even talk said, you know, said, it said his grammar is, is Kentucky hillbilly. We had a little, we had a little Tennessee and we had a little Trinidad, you know. And so, but tonight we got a little Kentucky grammar. And so it all goes together. And the man said, well, I don't like this. It's because I can't hardly understand it. And I said, well, you know, it's not for everybody. Like Brother, like Brother Billy preached last night. It's just for the elected anyway. Amen. And so, and so anyways, brother said, well, brother Branham's grammar is so poor. I said, his, hanks, tats, folk, you know, all these things. I said, yes, that's right. So one day I kind of worried me, so I looked it up. You know what the word grammar means? The ability to make yourself understood. Oh. <laughs> the ability to make yourself understood. Brother, if anybody had the ability to make yourself understood, it was a prophet of God. And the common people heard Jesus gladly. Amen. Aren't you glad that you know that you know that you know? I said he wasn't scared. When he stepped off the plane, he said, I claim everyone, Father, that you sent me far. And he walked out there in the name of the Lord because he was a servant of God. He was an ambassador sent from God with the word of God. I said it was like Eliezer and he had the gifts with him. Rebecca said, I'll just climb on that camel and I'll just follow that man. That's the way I am tonight. I'll just follow what the prophet of God had to say. Someone said to me one time, says, well, Brother Billy says, when you do the books at the spoken word and the voice of God, said, you people said, you, you know, you kind of get carried away. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, you say, and, and, and. And he says, why do you put all those ands in there like that? And I said, because Brother Branham said so. And he said, well, won't you just put one and? I said, because I believe it's the voice of God to us. And I said, Jesus said, verily, verily, verily. And if he said, verily, 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 and the prophet said, and, 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 then I want to say, and, and, and. Because I believe it's the same word of God. Amen? <laughs> Brother Billy was saying last night, thank you. Brother Billy was saying last night, he said, it's not for everybody, you know. So you know how it is when you first heard of the word. You know, you got so excited and you wanted to hear all about it. So a brother went up one time and he gave his boss, he said, oh, boss, he said, you know, I've been a Christian all my life. And he said, I know that. He said, I've tried to live it around you the best I could. He said, but boss, I've got something I want you to hear. He said, sure. He said, take this book and read it. He said, this is the word of God. His boss said, okay. And he said, let me know what you think about it. Two or three days later, he come back and he handed it to him. He says, don't you ever give me nothing like this again. He said, why? He said, that's the awfulest thing I ever read in my life. 
little brother says, what do you mean? He said, that man in that book called me a buzzard. <laughs> he said, do what? He said, that man in that book called me a buzzard. He said, boss, I don't understand. So I read the same thing and he called me an eagle. <laughs> yes, sir. Like Brother Billy said last night, it wasn't for everybody, but just to the elect. Aren't you glad you got those ears? Someone said, well, Brother Billy said, sometimes you get carried away. I said, well, I said, I don't know how to say it because I'm not a minister. I said, but I saw the Redeemer living in a redeemed one. I saw what I read about in this blessed Bible live in a vessel that I called my dad. I seen him challenged from one end to the other, but I never saw it defeated. I seen him stand before tens of thousands and say, I take every spirit in here under my control for his honor and glory. It wasn't Brother Branham, it was God in Brother Branham. I don't worship Brother Branham, but I glorify God in Brother Branham. He was a humble man. It was a son of man revealing the son of man. A word prophet. Brother Branham said, is a revealer of the Word of God. The divine interpretation only comes to that. Brother Branham says, when God sends a message and a messenger, he said, to misconstrue that prophet's word or to doubt one word was total annihilation and separation from God. To misconstrue that prophet's word. So how important it is for us to say only what the tapes say. As a little boy, I'm not going to be long. Yeah, well, it's not. It's just early. It's only 11:30 at home. I remember. You know how we are. We're just. You know, there's no big eyes and little use. Just want to kind of let my hair down a little bit tonight. Tell you what, I got left. And I wish I had the ability to say what's on my heart. He not only preached a message, but he lived you a message. He pointed you to one, and that was Jesus Christ. He didn't compromise on sin for nobody. He stood for the Word of God. He wasn't a big man. Five foot nine, about 150 pounds. But I seen him stand ten foot tall. I seen him stand in the face of devils, witch doctors, what have you. I seen him stand before 400 preachers. He said, it's not me that you're scared of. He said, it's this word that you're scared of. He said, if I'm wrong, he says, bring your Bible and come up here and stand by my side. Amen. My, it was awful quiet. Amen. He knew where he stood. He knew who he was. When we growed up as kids, youngins, children, kids are going with them goats again. You know, we, we, we just common. Dad washed his car. Dad cut his grass, you know. Mom, she cooked the meals. She washed her clothes. We just like you are. Joe, he always tells me, he says, Bub, he says, you remember when Dad told about 
when you was a little boy, they got you everything? And I said, yes. And he says, and he says, the next ones I have, he says, I won't do that. And I said, yeah, he said, I never did forgive you for that. <laughs> he said, I wish you'd got something besides the spoon to play with in the backyard. He said, I never did forgive you for that. Sarah, you know, we're just family. I remember one time at the table, and I don't mean this as a joke, we're sitting there, and just like you are, I kind of want to let you know what it was like to be at home. Is that okay? Sarah was sitting at the table one day, and any of you have to eat leftovers? Any, oh, ain't that awful? Mm, man, I don't like them leftovers, you know. So we're sitting there, and Sarah was sitting at the table like this. Dad, you know, he always asks us Bible questions. Oh, my, you know. That's right. He asked us to take us for a ride, Bible questions. You might get by the first time not knowing the answer, but I'm going to tell you the second time, you're in trouble. He's sitting there, and so he says, he asked the children to pray, and it was Sarah's turn, you know. I'll never forget this. And so he said, Sarah, pray. She just sat there and looked. He said, Sarah, ask the blessing. She said, Daddy, I prayed over this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so see, we was just, you know, we, we're just all family, amen? <laughs> I remember as a little boy, I walked out in the yard, and I want to go play basketball or something. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'd go out there and I'd get up in the morning and like you all, and I want to go out and shoot a few hoops or something, you know. I'd look out there and there'd be ambulances. There'd be people sitting in the driveway. Maybe go to the counter to get a donut or something at the kitchen table. And there'd be airplane tickets from everywhere around the world. I didn't really understand all of that. I'd see those ambulances out there and maybe be an old dad in there with a crippled baby. He knew that God had a prophet in the land. If he could just get to that prophet, everything would be all right. I might want to go out and go fishing with Dad. I might want to go out and, like I said, play basketball. We didn't have all those times together. Because he had a mission from God. He said, my first love is to Jesus. My second love is to my family. And to the people. And then my love to you. That's the way he lived before us. He wasn't a rich man. But he was a humble servant of Jesus Christ. I said he was so poor. <clears throat> that he had to borrow a suit. To preach in. He was so poor till he had to sleep in a cornfield and press his pants beneath the seat of his car, drink hydrant water, and eat stale rolls to go get the message to bring to you and I. He said, because my Savior was so poor, he said that he had to borrow a womb to be born in. And a grave to be buried in. But he was king of kings and lord of lords. You understand what I'm trying to say to you? I'm trying to lay a little background for the testimony. Just what kind of a person he was. I often thought I'd like to take a service sometime. And just let the people ask questions. 
of how Brother Branham was. How he'd done this. Not, not message questions, just questions on his life. I begin to think back and I think, Lord, my boy one time, Brother Bisco or Brother Billy was preaching on it last night, how he talked about the atmosphere that he created. You know what I'm saying. I remember one time was working on the mail. My boy, Paul, he was just a little bitty thing. Sister Biscoe, just a little bitty thing. My dad just, I don't mean worshipped him, but you know, he said them grandchildren don't have no sins, you know. And he just loved him so much. And he'd come over and every time dad would come in the house and we had the little office in there and we was trying to work on mail and oh, it was just so hard. And Paul would run up and he'd say, Daddy this and Daddy that, Papa, Papa, Papa. Daddy patted him and he says, now go on away now. He says, your daddy now is working on the mail. And he says, pretty soon, he said, Grandpa will be finished and he'll play with you. About two minutes, here he come back. Papa, 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 you know, I guess. And he said, now go on away, Paul. So about the third time, you know, my patience, you know, was gone. You know how you do. So he had on his little old diaper and when he walked by like that, I just whopped him, you know. And when I whopped him, I screwed him about that far, you know. So when he did, Dad just got through and he just picked up the mail. He just laid aside. He says, come here, son. And that was real unusual for Dad to do anything like that. And I says, what do you mean? He said, bring that baby here. He set him on his lap. And he says, now, you heard what Grandpa said. And he said, you heard what your daddy said. He said, now, go on away, and then Grandpa will play with you. So Paul, he cries, and he goes on in the room with Mom like that, with Lois. So when he got in there like that, and Daddy says, I want to tell you something. I knew I was in trouble. He said, no, I want to tell you something, Paul. He said, you've got to correct that child. He said, but you've done it wrong. I said, what do you mean, Daddy? He said, when you struck that child, he said, you was mad. I said, I sure was. And he said, that was wrong. He said, you do it in love. He said, that child has a guardian angel with it. And he says, all through his life, and he said, it's to protect that child. And he says, when you struck that child in anger, he said, you struck that angel. He said, don't you never do that again. He said, you do it the right way. He said, you've got to correct him, but you do it the right way. So I try to watch that from now on. <laughs> One time I was coming in from the meetings and we was going through a little restaurant. Brother Brandon pulled into the restaurant and he went in to eat like that. And when he did, we had Paul over there on a the little table. And it was just one of them little dinky restaurants, you know. I had them little four or five stools and a little truck stop thing like that. And there was a man sitting over there on the counter. There was two of them sitting there. And man, they were big guys, you know, big husky guys. And we sat in a little booth eating. As we was eating like this, this man had the foulest mouth you ever heard. Just all, just all kinds of awful things was coming out of his mouth. And so I was kind of had my head down. I was embarrassed with Lois sitting there. And Daddy said, excuse me a minute. He got up. How many of you knew him? Well, you know how sweet and humble he was, you know. And he walked over to that table and he said, excuse me. And he tapped that man on the shoulder. And I thought, oh, me, we're dead, you know. <laughs> and I thought, boy, we're, we're in trouble now, you know. But I like this guy sometimes, you know. <laughs> So he tapped this guy on the shoulder like that, and this man said, uh, yes, sir. And he says, can I ask you a question? And he said, sure. He says, he says uh, do you put that food in the same mouth that those dirty words come out? I thought, we're dead. <laughs> we, you know, we're going to get beat up right here, you know what I mean? And that man looked at him like that, and he says, what did you say? Daddy says, I'm just sitting here in the restaurant. He said, you got as much right to be here as I do. He said, but that's my son, and that's my daughter-in-law, and that's my grandbaby. He said, we don't believe in no stuff like that. And he says, and while I'm here, he says, don't you ever use those nasty words again. Went over and sat down. That's all there was to it. <laughs> the prophet knew how to handle every situation. I thought we was going to get, I was ready to run, you know. I, 
but he knew just how to do it. You know what I mean? Someone said, Brother Billy, said, what was the greatest miracle you ever saw? I said, how the prophet of God knew how to handle every situation that come up. Don't make any difference what it was. And I said, he taught us those things. As a little boy, I began to travel with my daddy. I wasn't much bigger than this little boy sitting here looking intensely at me right now. My brother asked me at the table today, he says, Brother Billy, would you tell about when you first saw the angel of the Lord? I know you've probably heard it a thousand times, but it just blesses my heart that I can share it with you tonight. We stand in a little hotel up in Vandalia, Illinois. My dad had always told me about Jesus, like I tried to tell you in the first half an hour of my testimony here, that I saw that life of Jesus that I read about in the Bible manifested through me. I didn't understand it, but I saw it. He told me about the angel of the Lord and what he looked like. And I believed in my daddy because he never told me nothing but the truth. We was in a little hotel room. And I don't mean this in the way it sounds. But daddy, daddy didn't like, you know, big things. He, he wanted to keep it simple. I believe it was God hidden and revealed in simplicity. And we stand in a little hotel room. Didn't even have a bathtub. We never even had a. We didn't even have a, 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 a restroom. All we had was a little sink. You probably stayed in those little places. My dad's brother Donnie and I was there sleeping. About two or three o'clock in the morning, I'll never forget it. He woke me up. And he had a pillow across my face. He shook me. He said, "Paul." I said, "Yes, Daddy." He said, you know that one that daddy talks about, the angel? I said, sure. He said, he visited me tonight. And he says, he's here in the room with me. He says, I asked him if I could wake up you and my brother Donnie. That they could see you. And I don't say this because I'm nothing. But he says, the angel of the Lord said, you can wake up Billy. I asked Daddy one time. I said, why, Daddy, did that happen? He said, because God called you to work with me, son. He says, when Daddy takes the pillow from your face, he said, do you know where the worst basin is? And I said, sure. He said, you look over there in that corner, and he says, he'll be standing there. I just about this boy's size right here. And I'm ashamed to say what I'm going to say, but I want to be honest with you. I was thinking of an angel, you know, something with wings, you know, flying around. Because I hadn't listened close enough. But I'm a witness to you here in British Columbia tonight. And when he took that pillow from my face, there stood a man. Just like that man standing right there. With his arms folded, just like that man standing there. He looked at me like that. It scared me to death. I grabbed my daddy and he says, he won't bother you. He said, he won't bother your son. But I'm a witness to you tonight. It went from a farm like that man there into a mist and went out of the room. From that time on, God bear me witness tonight. I could always tell you when he come into the meetings.
You heard Brother Branham said he's here. And I don't mean, not me, you understand, you understand it, Brother Eddie. It's not me, but I'm a witness. I could tell even before Brother Branham spoke it, not ahead of him, don't mess me, but I just knew that presence when it come down. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I could be out working in the prayer lines or whatever. I could still feel it, and I knew when it was there. And I thank God for that privilege tonight. That that he said, I'm an eyewitness to tonight, and I declare to you it's the truth from the bottom of my heart. I started traveling with my dad, all the mighty meetings, you know what I mean, and all these things. I remember up here in Canada one time, and I'll just relate a couple incidents here, then I'll taper off here. I remember being in Canada. I forgot now where it was at in, in Calgary or somewhere down there. And it's the only time that I ever saw, I don't know why I related this in the testimony or not, but Brother Eddie prayed that the Lord remind me of something. He just did. I saw a woman with, with, with just her face was plain. I don't know how to explain it to you. I, I don't know what to say. But I, I seen her. She didn't have no eyeballs. She just had slits in her face. Like, can you imagine that? Just total skin and just slits like that. I saw Brother Brandon pray for her and ask in the name of Jesus Christ. And I was just a little boy and I sat there and watched them eyeballs fall in them sockets. That's the one that I'm giving a witness to tonight. God that was in His prophet. Brother, He knew where He stood. He wasn't scared of nothing. I said one time in Shreveport, Louisiana, I'll never forget there was a woman who had a tumor. I think the estimated brother Billy weighed about 50 pounds. Brother Fulcher, he stood there, and I seen him pray for that. I was just a young boy, and I brought that woman up to her. And I, I know this sounds jokingly, but I saw the power of God come upon that woman. She had a tumor out like this. Brother Brenham laid his hands upon her and asked that demon to leave her like that. And that woman raised her hands and praised God, and she had a belt, and it fell off, and the tumor was completely disappeared and gone. That's the God that we're talking about tonight. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. People say, well, Brother Billy says, what all did you see? I said, I haven't got time to tell you what it was. But I want to tell you one thing, that whatever there was, he's the same tonight. He's the same in British Columbia. He's the same in Africa. Brother Ogu, I was with him over in Africa, and, and all these different interpreters, and, and the people began, like I talked about, they said his grandma was so poor, but yet he was a man of God. He knew where he stood. I saw him stand before hundreds of thousands of people, and he stood there one night, and it was nine different... I feel better, brother. Amen. <laughs> he stood before nine different interpreters there one night, and as he began to speak, he said, I don't know what the word was, but he told something about the Word of God. And it went through this interpreter, and went through that interpreter, and went through that interpreter. They said Brother Branham's language was grammar was so poor, he didn't even know what his and Haynes. But brother, I saw him stand before 100,000 people, and he turned to that interpreter, and he said, what did you say? He said, I said just what you said. He said, no, you didn't. <laughs> he says, no, you didn't. He says, why? He says, he says Brother Bam, you don't know the language, said, but the Holy Spirit told me you didn't say it like I said it. <laughs> brother, you don't need to have an education. You need to be led of the Spirit. That man looked at there, and he said, Brother Bam, what did you say? He said, tell me what you said. And he told me, he said, that ain't what I said. He's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. My, I, I like that. <laughs>
Brother Collins, one time, he said, he said when I, our pastor at the church there, he said, the first time I saw Brother Branham, he said, I was in Macon, Georgia. I know you know about this, sister. And he said, he said I went down there and he said, I was a Methodist. Well, we forgive him for that, you know. It was all something one time, right? And he said, I went down to in the Methodist Bible School. And he said, I heard that there was a man there by the name of William Branham. So he said, I went down there to hear what he had to say. And he said, I walked into this great football field there that night. And he says, when I went there, he said, this little man stood up before those people. And he says, if I ever tell you anything in the name of the Lord that's not true, don't you never believe a word I say. That's quite a statement. If I ever tell you anything wrong, don't you never believe nothing I told you. Brother Conson, I never heard a preacher or Methodist say that before in my life. He said, I'm going to look into this. And he said he was so sick. He said he had stomach trouble real bad. And I don't mean to hold you. And he says, he said he went in there and he says when it did, he said, I sat there and he said, I'm going to examine this thing. He said, I sat night after night and I heard Brother Bram speak this one, do this one, tell this one, preach the word, discern the thoughts of the heart. You know what I'm talking about. And he says, when I did, he says, my heart, my faith began to leap. He said, it began to leap. He said, I never heard a man speak like this before. Is that the way your heart feels? He said, I never heard a man speak like this before. I love the Lord. Amen. And he says, when he did, he says, he got a little closer and he said the next night, he said, I didn't, I didn't have a tape recorder. He said, but I got up where the tape boys was. He said, I got up a little closer and had my chair sitting there. He said, if I could just get to that man, he said, I know if he'd pray for me, I'd be well. He said, but I couldn't get no prayer card. And he said, but I just kept saying. He said, then one night, he said, sitting there, he said, a woman come up on the platform. And he says, and Brother Brandon says, good evening, sister. I'm just paraphrasing. You know, I don't know how it was. I said, good evening, sister. And she says, hello. And he says, you got a certain, certain thing wrong with you. And Brother Collins said, about four people back, he could hear somebody talking. It was two women. And they said, oh, that, we know her, that's Susie, you know, whatever her name was. And said, oh, yeah, I said, well, Susie got up there, you know. So Brother Collins was listening to Brother Branham, listening to them, you know. He said he was going like this, and he says, all at once he says, he says, your, your name is, we'll say, Eva Johnson, you know. And says, you live in Surrey, B.C. Uh-oh, this woman says, uh-oh, he missed it that time. He says, what do you mean? He said, she don't live there. He said, she lives in uh, another place like that. Brother Collins says, oh, man, so my faith went whoop, right down there. He said, that man done said, if I ever told you anything that was wrong, he says, don't you never believe me. He said, I got up a little closer. He said, after the service was over, he said, that woman said, that's right. He said, I got up, and he said, I went and got that woman. He says, come here. And he said, he laid the story to her. He says, I, I, I'm just here visiting. He says, and I heard Brother Branham tell you that your name was so-and-so, and you lived at a certain address on the street. She said, that's right. So he went and got them other two women. He said, I... I heard you all talking back there and said they went up there and they said, Oh, hi, Eva. Hi, Sue. You know, so they began to embrace one another. They said, Hi, how are you? He said, Fine, thank you. And said, uh, and said, You said, Brother Branham told you that you lived at a certain address. And said, I heard you, lady, say that wasn't true. And he said, Oh, no. He said, She don't live there. Oh, honey, I forgot to tell you. I moved yesterday. <laughs> yes, sir. That's the God that we serve today. Yes, sir, brother. She said, I forgot to tell you, but I moved yesterday. That's the God that we serve today. I said, God so loved him that he spoke of him in his holy word. God so loved him that at his birth the light come down. And said, and on the river, in the cave, he so loved him that he said, all that you love and all that loved you, I've given to you. He took him beyond the curtain in time. That's you and I tonight. What a privileged people we are. As I said, I began to work with him, and I traveled around the world. 
I just come from over in India with brothers over there. I don't even know whether you brothers even know this or not. Do you know the man that drove my dad around over there? You don't know him. I didn't either. <laughs> he come up to me there, and he's probably in his 80s now. Me and him have a little something in common. He come up to me, and he said, Brother Billy, and I said, yeah. Wherever you go, you hear testimonies, you know. He said, your dad was here, and I said, I remember that. And I think I relayed this to you last time I was here, but I just want to relate it to you. Is it okay, Brother Bisco? How much time do we? Just okay. Thank you. Thank you. I just, you know, you get started, you can't quit, and you quit, you know. Thank you. I don't mean that. Thank you. That's all I mean. But I never forget when he stepped his foot off of the sorrel there in India, Brother Jacobs. Brother Bisco, I know you got a great burden for the people there. By just a little boy, 16 years old. But when that foot hit that sorrow, he said, I claim everyone here that you sent me for a father. I saw him stand in the different religions of your country. Sikhs, Jinn, Hindu, Mohammedans. They entertained him that afternoon. He didn't argue with them. He listened to him, Brother Fulcher. They took him in there and they said, you know how they wear the little mask over their face so they don't breathe their incest, you know, their ancestors in, you know. You know, and all these things, not degrading. We're talking about Jesus. The cows, the whole thing, they went through the whole bit. He just sat there. Then it was Dad's turn. Oh, I like that. I thought, boy, he'll tear him up now. <laughs> I had confidence. I said, oh, boy, watch out now. <laughs> Malachi 4 is going to speak now, you know. So he got up there and he says, thank you, gentlemen. And I thought, gentlemen, you know. He said, thank you for inviting me to India. He said, thank you for this opportunity. He says, I listen to all of you talk about your gods. He says, I invite you to the meeting tonight. To see the God that I come to represent in demonstration. Oh, oh my, he knew just how to say it, you know. So that night, I'll hurry, he got into the meeting like that, and he says, Paul, go get me this one or that one, bring me one out of each one. And all these priests were sitting on the platform. I don't know if you were there or not, but it's one of It's all sitting there on the platform. And that little man walked out there, and he took that Bible, and he said, good evening, friends. Oh. It was just something special. He walked out there and he says, I come to represent one, and his name is Jesus Christ. He said, I am nothing. He says, but I am his prophet. He says, nothing that I can do, but it's all because of him. What did I read you the quote? The Lord Jesus loves you. He preached a little simple message, like we would see Jesus, introduce Jesus to the people. He said, today, he said, I was entertained by 17 different religions of your country. I heard you talk about those, the language that you're doing, the books in, and Brother Joseph with the tapes. And as I get to be older, I think, Lord, you let me live to see it. What his heart's desire was. But I was a witness. I'm just a kid then. He was 20, 15 years younger than I am tonight. He stood there before them thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people. He brought this blind man up. He stood there before those people. And he said, gentlemen, he said, I listened to you talk about your gods. 
He said, how many of you people in here belong to these religions? Them little black hands went up everywhere. He said, I heard you talk about your religion and about your gods. He says, I want to know tonight if any of your gods or all of your gods oh my, can come here and give this man his sight. He said, if you can't, he said, I'll put a sign on my back and go down through the town of Bombay and say I'm a false prophet. Oh. You're talking about knowing where you stand. It wasn't him, it was God in him. That's why I say I'm not glorifying a man, I'm glorifying God in a man. I'm giving a witness of God in a man. I'm talking about a witness of God in you and I. It's the same God tonight. But I want to let you know he knew where he stood. And this message that he brought is the Word of God. And we can defeat Satan every time. It don't take a, just, a, just, just anything. It takes the Word of God. And he stood there. Is that okay, Brother Eddie? So as he stood there like that, I thought of Elijah on Mount Carmel. Oh, it was time to make fun of him then. You know what I mean. He didn't, you know, he didn't be smart. Like he just says, come up here and do it. That was the quietest bunch you ever seen. And he says, and neither can I. He says, I can't either. He says, but if the God that sent me, that I'm here to represent, don't give this man his sight, he says, then I'm a false prophet, and you ought to run me out of India. He says, but if he does, and he says, and you can't, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking about his prayer. <laughs> he says, and if you all can't, he said, how many of you belong to these religions? They all raise their hand. He said, will you forsake these religions and serve the one and true living God? Oh, my. I thought he'd be lied on Mount Carmel. He just got the water and just poured it all down, you know, make a little fun, you know. Just get the bullock a little bit wetter, you know. I'll never forget my daddy as he pulled this little blind man up to him. And he said, sir, through the interpreter, he said, you didn't go this way. You wasn't born this way. He said, you was this way from worshiping the sun. He said, you didn't know no better. He said, but God's going to give you your sight tonight. He pulled him to him, and when he prayed, I'll never forget, just like I said, like Elijah on Mount Carmel, he said, Father, I thank you that you've already showed me. Oh, my. He said, Lord, give this man his sight. That man raised his hands and began to scream. The man took the Bible and began to read from it like that. He said, how many of you people out there forsake your gods and serve the one and true living God? Tens of thousands give their heart to Jesus Christ that night because God kept His Word. Amen. I was with Him. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. Where's the sister here that was from Germany last night? Worse yet. I know I met somebody from Germany last night. Are you here? Where are you at? Okay, sister. I remember over... I can just tell about all the countries, you know. But I said... Well, we got enough time. Sure we can. But anyway, it was over. It was over in Germany. Thank you. When I was over in Germany, I'll never forget, talking about the family, you know. He, he, he loved his family, you know, and he wanted to be home with them. But i never forget, he brought a little blind girl up there, and she was about, oh, my, I don't see no little girl, even smaller than this girl. Because Sarah was just a baby. Becky or Sarah, when I forget which one of the children it was. He brought that little girl up there. He began to pray for her like that there, and she was totally blind. I brought her up to my dad. He looked at that little girl and he said, what a sweet thing. And he said, Satan has caused this. 
He said, but Jesus is going to make you well. He pulled that little girl up to him like that. And he said, Father God, he said, I left my little girl, Sarah or Rebecca, whichever one it was, he said, to over home across the ocean. He says, to come here to pray for this little sweet one. I was only about 18, 19, I don't remember how, just a young boy. He said, Lord Jesus, come and confirm your word. Give this little child back her sight. The interpreter was interpreting the prayer, and I'll never forget it. That little girl, I watched her eyes come open. She began to bat her eyes. She looked around like that. She grabbed hold of my dad's tie like this. Oh. She looked at his tie like that, Brother Ed. And through the interpreter, she says, what color is that? Amen. <laughs> she never, she says, what color is that? About that time, this interpreter got out a hallelujah. And about 10,000 people back in the audience, I heard some woman come just screaming, hallelujah, hallelujah. She come running down like this. She run up the platform, and I'll never forget that little girl. She run up there, and she took her hands on her mother's face like this. She says, oh, you're my mother. She says, I've never seen you in my life, but I know by the sound of your voice. <laughs> we know by the sound of the voice. Amen. Brother Brandon said, Amen. We know, like Brother said, by his voice, and that was a mighty voice. Brother Brandon said, that what you feel one day will be manifested before you. That's what we're looking for. That's the hour that we're looking for. He cannot fail. He's Hebrews 13 and 8. Can I tell one more? Just one more. Okay. I, I feel better now. Yes, sir. He said, he said he went down there. I was up here in Canada with him. Someone says, well, says, it was kind of hard to figure out. I said, you don't figure out a prophet. You just take him what he says. I said, but you better approach that word right. I saw a man walk in one time, and this is one of our people in our church, the tabernacle. He walked into my dad, who was having interviews. This man walked in, he said, Brother Brandon, he said, I want to ask you a question. Daddy said, sure. He said, what should I do about birth control? Daddy said, what's your problem, brother? He told him. This is a brother in our church now. Are you following me? He told him. Brother Branham said, you should. You told him what to do. Brother said, thank you. He went out. Probably five or six people later, another brother from our church. He come in. He said, Brother Branham, he says, what about birth control? And Dave said, what's your problem? He told him. Dave says, don't you do it. Man, you know. Here's Brother Biscoe. Here's Brother As a for instance. I thought, what? So after he left, Dave said, what trouble you? And I said, Nothing. Like I told you last night. He said, what? <laughs> and I said, you told brother... Not you. you know. <laughs> I said, you told brother so-and-so, yes. You told brother so-and-so, no. And I said, they both told you the same thing. He said, but brother so-and-so was lying to me. <laughs> the prophet knows the heart. Say only what the tapes say. Only what the tapes say. You see, well, I can't figure it out. You don't have to figure it out. Just believe it. One time there was a sister. I'm going to tell two more things now. 
I just thought of something. Okay. <laughs> 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 a sister come up my dad in an interview one time and he said, I lost my watch. Come sister <laughs> sister come up one time on the interview, Sister Madge. Yeah, not Sister Madge, I just seen her there. She came up on an interview with my dad. Like I said, he knew just how to handle everything. She walked up to my dad. He had it in a room there. She said, Brother Branham, she says, I've heard of the message. She says, my husband's an unbeliever. And she says, I left him. Still with me? She said, I left him to come up so that I could be around the Word. She said, because I know you got the word of the Lord. I said, thank you. And she says, I've tried to get him to see the light, and he doesn't. He said, yes, ma'am. She says, I want to be up here where you preach every Sunday, where I can be around the Word. He said, that's wonderful. He said, um, talk to her for a few minutes. And, you know, I just remember those things. I like that. Just a little simple things, but I hope it'll help you tonight. He said, Yes, ma'am. He says, what kind of, uh, where do you live? She told him. It was about 70 miles from where we live. He said, what kind of work does your husband do? He said, uh, she said, construction worker. He said, oh. So what kind of pie does he like? What is he talking about? You know, what kind of pie does he like? And they're talking about the word, you know. And as, I don't remember what it was, we'll say Apple. He said, that's good. He said, I like that too. Must have been cherry. <laughs> but anyway, he said, yes. And he liked them both. And so he says, yes. He said, what time does your husband get off of work? I thought, where is daddy going? And she says, four o'clock or five o'clock or whatever it was. And he said, you live 70 miles from here and he likes cherry pie or apple pie. I said, yes. He said, Sister, I think you got just about enough time to get home and get his favorite pie baked. And he said, you stay there and you be a wife to him. Amen. And you live this message before him. Six weeks later, we baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The prophet knew how to handle every situation. A man come up one time. I'll tell you who it is. It don't make any difference. His name was Papa Cox. It was Brother Woods' father-in-law. Papa wanted to be baptized, Brother Biscoe. When he come up, he smoked. Brother Branham says, he said, Brother Branham said, I love the Lord. He said, but I can't quit smoking. He said, I want to be baptized. Remember? They said, I'll baptize you. Well, I'm telling you, there was a little conflict in the family. Because <laughs> they couldn't figure the prophet going to baptize somebody still smoking them, you know, cigarettes. Brother Branham said, but in his heart, he loved the Lord Jesus. He baptized him. He kept smoking. He kept smoking. He kept smoking. Finally, Papa got real sick. He was at the point of death. He was in the hospital. Brother Woods come, and Daddy says, uh, Brother Woods, you going to see Papa tonight? And he said, yeah. He says, is he still smoking? He said, yeah, he's still smoking, brother. He said, uh, how, how do you buy cigarettes? Oh, man. 
He says, uh, what do you mean? He says, well, how, how do you buy them things? You know, one at a time or ten at a time? How do you, well, you buy them by the packs or by the cartons. And he said, what do you do for Papa? And he said, he smokes them. You buy them by the carton. And he said, he smokes three and four packs a day. And he says, Banks, that was his buddy, you know. He said, I can't, he said, I can't buy Papa any cigarettes. I said, well, I know that. He said, but you can. Oh, I like this. He said, I've done a lot of things for you, Banks. He said, do something for me. And he said, sure, Brother Brandon, whatever you say. He says, go down and buy Papa a carton of them cigarettes. Well, I like to fell over. <laughs> he said, go down and buy Papa a whole carton of them cigarettes and take him up to the hospital and told him I sent them to him. Brother Wood says, you want me to take cigarettes to Brother Cox and tell him that you sent them to him? He said, yeah. He said, okay. So he goes and he goes up to the hospital and Papa was there and he said, hi. He said, oh, thanks for the cigarettes. He said, no, these ain't for me. He said, these are from Brother Bill. He said, huh? He said, Brother Bill sent you these. He never touched him. He never smoked another day in his life. Don't try to figure it out. Just believe it. Amen? I like that one. That's right. Brother come to him one time. I said that God so loved him that he wrote his name on a mountain. Took his picture beside. Put his face upon a rock. Put his word in our hearts. I like that too. And we are the recipients of that tonight. I said a man loved him so much that his boy died. I'm going to be here a long time. He said, he said, His boy got killed in a car wreck. And a man loved him so much that when they went to embalm him, he says, don't you embalm him until I call the prophet. Hmm. We was in Phoenix. His name was Brother Welch Evans. He called my dad and he says, Jimmy just got killed in a car wreck. He was just 16 years old. He says, I don't know whether to embalm his body. He said, but if you'll pray. He said, I believe God will send him back to me. Daddy says, I'll go pray. He called all of us in the room at the motel. He said, Jimmy just got killed, and he was one of our, you know, little boys in the church. The man, we just all grieved and began to cry. He said, you all pray with me that God will show me what to do. I'll never forget, about, about eight or ten hours later, he come in. He said, Paul, get Brother Evans on the phone for me. I got Brother Welch on the phone. He said, Brother Welch. I hope you understand this. I'm telling you, this is my testimony. He said, I searched for him. And I searched for him. He said, I looked everywhere. He said, finally I found him. And he said, he was standing in the presence of that light. And he said, Welch, if you want him, I can pray and ask God to give him to you. He said, but if he is my boy, I'd leave him right where he is. He said, that's good enough for me. God so loved him, man so loved him, that he wouldn't even bury his son until he asked God's prophet what to do. I got a cousin. His name is Charlie Conlon. I'll never forget this. Oh, Charlie, he was rough as a cop, mean as a snake, <laughs> fight anything that could walk. Just one of those kind of guys, you know. But he had a heart this big, you know. But he just wouldn't give it to Jesus, you know. 
He was down at the filling station one day. Don't you laugh at me. <laughs> he was down at the filling station one day, and he said he had a dollar, Brother Fulcher. And back in those days, you know, it was kind of tough, you know. So he said he had a dollar. Hey, that's a whole lot there. There he is. A dollar. And he said he was going to get a dollar's worth of gas. And he said he looked up, and he says, and here come Dad. He said, oh, here comes Brother Bill. He said, I don't want him to see me put this dollar's worth of gas in my car. So he stuck it in his pocket, you know. And he just stand there whistling around. Daddy said, hey, Charlie. And he said, yeah. He said, I want you to do something for me. And he said, do what? He said, I want you to do something for me. He said, sure. He said, I'm on my way to a meeting in California or somewhere. And he said, uh, and he says, when I'm, he says, when I'm going, he said, I want you to go down and see Uncle Andy and tell Aunt Etta that I said to tell Uncle Andy to get baptized this afternoon. He said, you want me to go down and tell them something from you? And he said, Charlie, I'd go myself. He said, but I haven't got time. He said, but Uncle Andy has to get baptized today. He said, God just met me in a room up there and told me to tell Uncle Andy to get baptized. And if he doesn't, you tell Aunt Etta that the undertaker will be there at 7 o'clock tonight to get him. Now, here's a man that's not even a Christian going down to tell his uncle. And everybody knew how Charlie was. He says, uh, well, Brother Bill, he says, do it for me, Charlie, will you? He said, I've done things for you. He said, sure will, Brother Bill. So he told the filling station, he said, fill this boy's car up. So he's going to do something. Oh, no, no, no. He said, i got money. He says, no, fill this boy's car up. He said, no, i got money, Brother Bill. He said, keep that dollar you got in your pocket. <laughs> he says... <laughs> He said, keep that dollar you got in your pocket and go do what I said. <laughs> I even knows how much money you got, don't he? <laughs> yes, sir. God knows, don't he? So he says, he said, okay. So he went down. He said, he went in there and he said, well, Aunt Edison, you ain't going to believe this. He said, Uncle Andy, you ain't going to believe this. He said, I just met Brother Bill and he told me to tell you to get baptized today in the name of Jesus Christ. Uncle Andy said, I ain't going. He said, I'm going to tell you what else he said. He said, he said, if you don't, the tuck coots, the undertaker will be here at 7 o'clock to get you. He said, well, I don't care. He said, I don't feel to be baptized, and I'm not going to. Charlie said, I just sat down. He said, 7 o'clock. The undertaker come and got him. Do all that the prophet says. Amen. Right. Man, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One time, I was up here in Canada. My uncle Donnie. I'll never forget this. He was standing there. I think I told this story over at Brother Hildebrand's church. I'm sure I did. You know, he was daddy. He was brother. But he was more than daddy. And he was more than a brother. My uncle was helping in the prayer lines. A little girl come up, all crippled. I'll never forget this. She had this little braces. She walked up like this. She stood before my daddy. Daddy said, hi, sweetheart. She spoke to him. He said, she had something like this. He said, what you got there under your arm? She says, a pair of shoes. Put that faith to work a little bit. So what you got there, honey? He said, a pair of shoes. That I've never walked in my life. But I've seen others that you prayed for did. And said, I want to walk and be normal like other kids. Daddy said, that's sweet, sweetheart. He said, sweetheart, he says, you go over and sit down in that little chair. He says, and let your little faith build up and let see the others that's being healed. I hope that's what my testimony has been, to build your faith up. Not me, but witnessing. He said, let your little faith be built up. 
He said, I believe Jesus will let you walk. So a little girl got her chair and she sat down over there real quietly. Prayer lines back in those days, you know, hundreds and hundreds. And they kept coming through like that. Daddy began to sit there. Pretty soon, getting close to the end of the prayer line, my uncle began to think in his mind. You know, sometimes we begin to think it's too late. God don't keep his word. That's one of them lies of Satan that Brother Billy told you about. He began to open his mouth into my uncle's ear. That was his brother in the flesh. And he said he just began to reason in his mind. And he said, now if that ain't something. He said, there that little girl with all that faith. He even brought her a little box of shoes under her arm. And wanted Bill to pray for her. And he sets her over to the side. He said, because she's so crippled that she can't walk. He says, now, it's been an hour. It's been longer than that tonight, hasn't it? And said, now she's sitting over there doing what he said. Bill's done forgot about her. The people's forgot about her. And that's how he got out of it. Said, about that time, Daddy turned. He said, oh, no, Donnie. (laughs) Oh, no, Donnie. He said, I ain't forgotten, neither's God. Go get her. Yeah. He didn't have to say nothing, just thought it. He said, go get her. Here she come, little box. He said, sweetheart, he says, is your faith finished? He said, yes, it is. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, give me those crutches. Now there she went. Yeah. She put them shoes on and walked all over that auditorium. He's the Jesus Christ, the same in Vancouver here tonight. He's the same God in Africa. He's the same God in India. He's the same God in Germany. He's the same God in Murfreesboro. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. <coughs> One time in Fort Wayne, I, then I'm going to close, I promise. One time in Fort Wayne, I'll never forget this. We got up one morning to go to eat. My dad eat real light. He spent all of his time in prayer. Three o'clock every day, my dad would go to prayer. He wouldn't come out at all until I come and knocked on the door. We kept the people from him, you know, in that way. He said, I stood before God, waiting upon him to tell me what to do. Like I tried to tell you my testimony, he lived the word that he brought to you. That morning he got up and he says, Mom, he said, we always ate a little place called Dobbs House. He said, let's go to Miller's Cafeteria this morning. I said, just a little something different. She said, okay. He said, I just feel led to go down there. I'll never forget this. We walked in there and the kids, just as we started to walk into the door, there was a sister standing there. She said, thank you, Jesus. Daddy turned. He said, excuse me? She said, I was just praising Jesus. She said, ain't you Brother Branham? He said, yes, ma'am. She said, I've been here at your meetings. She said, I've been trying to get in to see you. She said, i got a cancer on my breast. She says, I'm just dying. I brought my brother here. I said, this is my brother. He said, he's dying. So we've been here all week and we can't get in. So now I was praying in my room, Lord, what can I do? God works on both ends of the same. Said the Lord spoke to me and said, go down to Miller's cafeteria. Oh. And said, be there at ten minutes to nine and I'll send my prophet back. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That morning, he didn't want to go to the Dobbs house. 
He wanted to go to Miller's Cafeteria. He said, bring your brother here. He prayed for that boy, and that boy screamed. He said, I ain't felt like this since I was 16 years old. We went in the cafeteria, and we got through there, and we started to walk outside. And he said, Mom, he said, I feel the presence of the Lord. He said, let's just walk down the street. Just as he got outside, there was a little sister. She said, thank you, Jesus. He said, yes, ma'am. She said, Brother Brandon, she said, I got a tumor on the brain. Oh, I think that's what it was. She said, I've been trying to get to you. She says, and God come to me in a dream last night and told me to stand outside at ten minutes after nine and you'd be coming out the door. He prayed for her and she began to rejoice. God moves on both ends at the same time. He went on down the street. He said, Mom, take the kids and go on back to the room. He said, I still feel the presence of the Lord. I still feel him a little tonight too, don't you? He said he walked down there. He said he stood on the corner and he said the light changed and this changed and that changed. He said the policeman looked at him. He went in the store and he started looking at fishing equipment. He said he went through all these things. He said, God said, just wait. God don't tell his prophets everything. His prophets don't tell his people everything. But they know how to stand in the presence of God. He said he stood there. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, wait. He said, how long, Lord? He said, wait. He said the people began to look at him. He was standing on the corner. He said, the policeman looked at him, the light changed, he just stood there. He said, the Lord said, wait. He said, okay, Lord, I'll wait. He said, pretty soon he seen a little woman coming. He said, she's just walking like this. She had a little hat on like this. and said, she just walked like this. And he said, when she got by him like that, he, she said, she just turned around. And she said, ain't you Brother Branham? He said, yes. She said, I've been at your meeting. And she says, now I live in Canada. I think it's appropriate for tonight. She said, I live in Canada. And she said, I only had one nickel left. She said, I've been waiting to get prayed for. And she said, but I never got into the prayer line. And she said, I was out on the highway hitchhiking, going back to Canada. She said, I had one nickel left. And she says, I was coming into town to buy me a cup of coffee so I could hitchhike home. And she says, I went down that street, and the Holy Spirit said, turn and go across that corner. He said, I've been standing here waiting for you for 30 minutes. (laughs) You say, Brother Billy, you can say these things because you as his son. No, I can say these things because it's the Word of God and it's revealed to me in my heart. I didn't always serve the Lord. I say this with shame from the Lord one time. <clears throat> I was finished. But he must want me to say it. I thought I knew more than anything and didn't know nothing. I know you love me. And I hope that this testimony will help you. I come in one night and I quit serving the Lord. I'd gotten away from him. I come into the house. Mom and Dad, they raised us in the admonition of God. You young people, a Christian home is the greatest thing that you can have. But my daddy said, I don't care how good of a Christian home you was raised in. Unless you have a personal experience with Jesus Christ. 
rock and roll music will get you. Right. You don't believe he said that? That's what he said. If you don't have a personal experience with Jesus Christ, that rock and roll will get you. I don't know whether to tell this or not, but I'm going to. I thought, I want to leave home and go see what this old world's about. Satan's nothing but a liar. Kids, children. I heard Brother Andrew say last night, I heard Brother Biscoe say, and I heard Brother Vim. Young people, we got the greatest thing there is. Amen. This is not no fairy tale. This is no Batman story. This is a word of a living God. I left home. But before I left, my dad was out washing his car one morning. I'd been out to a party the night before. And I just wasn't living right. He came in. Before I tell this, I want to read you this little quote. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Slowly but surely taking control. And then sin will leave you longer than you want to stay. And sin will cost you far more than you'll ever want to pay. My dad, I don't even know why I could even do such a thing. But I know God checked me in my testimony. I'd been to a party that night, young people. I'd been doing things that I shouldn't do. When I come out the next day, my dad was washing the car and he said, I'd been drinking that night. I come out, he was there washing his car. Outside of Jesus, he was the greatest friend that you could ever have. He said, you got in late last night, didn't you, son? I said, yes, sir. He says, you want me to tell you where you at? I said, no, sir. <laughs> I knew he could. He said, uh, Paul, he said, you believe Daddy loves you? I said, I know that. He says, you know what I think of you? I said, yeah. He said, I can't have you working in the meetings no more. I said, I know that, Daddy. He said, you can't live that kind of life, Paul. I said, yes, sir. He said, son, he said, you're starting down a wrong road last night. I said, Daddy, I want to see what it's about out there. He said, you know better than that. He said, don't go that route, Paul. I said, Daddy, I want to see what it's about. Have you ever been tempted like that, young people? Old people? But I give in to it, but don't you. It's a late hour. But it's not too late. I said, yes, Daddy. He said, Paul, he said, this house, the people in Canada gave me. I said, I remember that, Daddy. He said, you can't live that kind of life and stay here. He didn't compromise with nobody. He said, I'll always be your Daddy. He said, but this ain't my house. 
He said, this is just a place that Jesus lets me live in to raise you children. He said, but you can't dishonor it and act like that. I said, Daddy, I want to leave home anyway. Kids, that's the worst mistake. The worst mistake as an old man, older man, ever made in his life. Don't never leave home. I said, I want to see what it's about. I know I've kept you long and I'll finish. But he said, don't ever do that, Paul. I said, Daddy, I want to go. You know, smart Alec. I don't mean to him. You know, just, you know, didn't know nothing. Just the devil in me. I hope you still love me as much as you did. <laughs> but he knew how to handle it. The hope that in the portals, God can have my testimony echo tonight. But he looked there at me and he said, Son, before you go, he says, do me a favor. I said, sure, Daddy. He said, would you hold out your hands to Daddy? I said, sure. So I held my hands out to him. He said, no, no, not like that, Paul. I said, what do you mean, Daddy? He says, hold him like this. So I just held my hands out like Daddy told me to. And he looked at me and he said, turn around, Billy. And he's washing his car and I turned around like that. And he said, look on the wall. Just like we are here, Brother Biscoe. See it? He said, that's a perfect cross. He said, you're standing right here today, Billy. He said, this road leads to hell. This road leads to heaven. He said, you can't walk them both at the same time, son. He said, Daddy can tell you what's true, but you've got to make the choice yourself. He said, if you start down this road, I'll never forget these words. He said, somewhere along the line, son, he's going to turn you around. He said, because I claim you under the token over here. Somewhere along the line, he said, he's going to turn you around. He said, you're talking about a rough road back, son. He said, but you make your decision today. But I made the wrong one. I went down that road. Don't never do it. I got sick. My friends, my so-called friends. I remember one time. And can I have just 15 more minutes? Just, just 15, 10, 10 minutes. One time. I don't mean that. I, I don't want to keep you. I know you're tired. But one night, I walked into a... I love to play cards. All them things is the devil. You know. I walked into a poker game one night in Jeffersonville. It's against the law in our country. I don't know whether it is up here or not. But it's against the law in our country to gamble. But I love to play them cards. And I thought I was pretty good, you know, and I was nothing. I went in there, and there was a big poker game in town. There was a bunch of money in from Chicago going around. And I thought I could do pretty good, Brother Billy. I know. He's laughing. He knows what I'm talking about. I walked in that poker game. And I was just a kid, 19, whatever I was. I don't know what I was now. I wasn't even old enough to know what I was doing. I know that. I walked in that poker game at night, and there was all strange people at the poker table. And the dealer was there, 
So the guy sitting there, he says, uh, I'm sorry, this is a closed game. He said, you can't play. So the dealer said, oh, I know him. He said, he can play. He said, he plays with us all the time. He said, that's, uh, that's Reverend Branham's boy. Oh, my God. Mm. He said, that's Reverend Branham's boy. He said, aren't you Billy Branham's boy? I said, no, sir. That man said, well, you're a liar. He said, you are. I said, no, sir. I said, Billy Branham wouldn't have a boy like me. I never lost that respect. I couldn't identify him at that poker table. I don't care how much I wanted to play. I couldn't identify that prophet at that point. I said, no, I'm not a son. I walked out of that game. I began to smoke and do all them dirty things. Then I got sick one time. I had to do all the ulcer, and I was laying dying. My dad was gone. You don't know what that's like. I was laying in the hospital, and they tried to get him for days. They couldn't find him nowhere. I knew I was doing wrong. Don't think you don't. You ain't fooling Brother Billy. The drugs, the sex, the clothes, you know when you're doing wrong. I knew I was filthy and went away from God. They found a do-all ulcer in my stomach. I was just a kid. Gangrene had set in. Paranitis. He said he's only got less than a week to live if we don't operate. They tried everywhere to get my daddy and they couldn't get him. Sister Bisco, would you, would you come up here? The organ. I began to pray. And I said, Lord, if my daddy was here, I'll be well. But there was no daddy to find. We tried everywhere. We couldn't find him. It's rough out there, kids. Satan's a liar. Mom and dad, it's never too late. You stood there. The doctor said, we're going to operate on you. My grandmother said, I have to sign the papers, Billy. And he was going to do a colostomy and take my bowel out the side. I was just a kid. Just growing up. He said, you'll always have to wear the bag, you know, and all these things. I said, Lord, I just began to weep down inside. I said, if Daddy was here, I'd know everything would be all right. So that morning, they prepared me the night before. That morning, they shaving me and everything, and they was taking me up to operate on me. About 7 o'clock, I think I was supposed to be operating on 8.15. About 7 o'clock, somebody laid their hand on my shoulder. I looked up there, and there was my daddy. <laughs> he looked down at me, and he says, Hi, Paul. I said, Daddy. I said, Where are you being? He looked at me, and he said, Paul, he said, do you remember as a little boy, and you remember a long time ago, it's been an over an hour now, in my testimony I told you about the angel? He said, do you remember that night in Vandalia, Illinois, that Daddy told you about the angel? I said, yes, sir. He says, and God let you see him? I said, yes, sir. He said, I was in the mountains in Colorado with the family on vacation. And he said, that same angel 
They let you see him. Said, get to Billy right away. He's in trouble. God, don't forget. He said, son. He said, the way of a transgressor is hard. Oh, my goodness. They could have operated on me with no anesthetic. And I said, pray for me, daddy. He said, no, I'm not going to pray for you. He said, I didn't do no sin. And he said, you've done the sin. He said, but if you're ready to give your heart back to Jesus Christ. He said, I believe he'll come and heal you. I give my heart to the Lord Jesus that night, that morning. He said, Lord, heal my boy. He's come back to you this morning. He said, make him well and may he serve you all the days of his life. Dr. Bruner come in and he says, Brother Bram, I'm glad you're here. And he told him, he said, we're going to have to do this operation. Daddy said, will you take him up one more time and examine him? He said, sure, Brother Bram. He said, I'll take him up. He said, but it won't do no good. He says, my, we've been watching him for weeks. He said, but you don't understand. He said, Billy's been away from the Lord. But he's come home today. Dr. Bruno put me in that little cart and he wheeled me up to that examining room. They put me under that floor scope or whatever that thing was. He come back downstairs and he said, Brother Bram, I don't understand. He said, well, he's done quit bleeding. He said, he's all right. Brother, I can eat anything. Can't you tell? <laughs> He's the same God. He's the same God. Don't never go that road. That's these ministers, brothers' part. But this is just my testimony. Don't never go that road. You see, but my kids are out. He is Lord. But my kids is out. And it's late. But it's not too late. You see, but Brother Brandon's gone. But that one that I give testimony about tonight is here. He's God of the now. Now, Brother Billy. You say, is he still the same? Absolutely. Can he do the same? Can he perform like he did in India? Can you still know the secrets of the heart? Can you still save? Can you still heal? Then what you scared of? You say, my kids are away. Isaiah said they'll be there and all of their offsprings with them. Brother Branham said, have faith for your family. Apply the token. Walk that wall. Live that life. It's the truth. I trust by my testimony to you tonight that it's like the eagle that flew over, maybe. Just dropped a little handful for you. Eat it and grow on it. Don't never let this message become common to you. It's the plan of salvation. It's the word of the living God. It's Hebrews 13.8, the same yesterday, today, and forever. As these brothers have preached, and as I have given my portion of a testimony, He's still the same God tonight. There's a little lady sitting right there. Sister Madge Muirhead. Brother Andrews was preaching last night. 
on the quickening power. The Easter seal. I played that tape. Is it okay, Matthew? I played that tape at special meetings ten years ago. She heard the prophet of God say, the quickening power rested above the bones of Elijah. Elijah, when he throwed the dead man upon top of his bones in the time of the battle. She said she went to the grave of the prophet. Now you can believe this if you want to, and if you don't, it's still the same, like Brother Billy said the other night. She said, Lord God, I believe what your prophet said. And I believe that underneath this sod lays the bones of another prophet. Like Billy said, he dug up his dad's grave. He said, I believe that there's another prophet laying here. And I believe that same anointing was on that prophet as upon this prophet. He said, your prophet said he could still lay hands on the sick. She said, God, I'm just going to take a little dirt from here put up my handkerchief. She rolled it up in her little handkerchief. She took it home. Her husband was a fine man. But he had a problem. He drank. But he never kept her from serving the Lord and to come to the meetings. She said, I love him so much. But God, I wish that he wouldn't drink no more. So he wouldn't go out in a bar. She just drank at home. Said so she went home and Few days later, he was drinking again. All at once, it was quickened to her. I got that dirt upstairs. She runs upstairs. He was laying on a couch. He was passed out, I believe. Just laying there sleeping. Said she got that dirt. She said, Lord, if Brother Brandon was here, he could probably pray for him. He'd be well. Said, but I got some dirt that was above his grave. He said, like it was in the days of the Bible, when they throwed a man on the top of a prophet's bones, there was so quickening power there that he come to life. She said, I poured the dirt all over him. So I didn't say a word to him, I just poured it all over him. He never drank another drop. Didn't know what happened, but he never drank another drop. Is that a true testimony, Sister Madge? There she is. He's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Kids, I know you fight a big battle. Mom and Dad, we serve a big God. Don't let this word become common to you. Brother Bram's going to read, Brother Billy's going to read your quote from Brother Branham. How can a child face a father or a godly mother. How can you, teenager, look in the face of that godly old mother with her hair turning gray and say to that teenager, honey, mother's raised you different. That's what my dad done for me. And you see back through life what it's done for mother. Don't do that. And then you turn arrogant and you say to that godly mother or father take your religion and go 
for I want to do what I want to. What's the outcome of that teenager? They're gone. They're lost. Spiritually, morally, and many times physically and mentally, they are completely cut off from mercy. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Slowly but surely taking control. Sin will leave you longer than you want to say. And sin will cost you far more than you want to pay. The old ship's been in a harbor a long time, folks. These brothers have declared to you the word that Malachi 4 has spoken. The revelation come to the prophet. And you said what the prophet said. Garbage chap, he's got you all asleep. Peace, peace. But then sudden destruction, because that's what the words say. The red lights are flashing. The trains in the station. It's time to go home, Brother Hildebrandt. Young people, you got to have that personal experience with Jesus Christ. Mom and Dad, don't you give up. One of my best friends, a minister brother, come to my daddy. He said, Brother Branham, I've prayed for my brother-in-law for so many years. He said, he drinks. He said, is it worth it? He said, he just keeps getting worse. You know what my daddy said to him? He said, was Calvary worth it for you? Don't never give up. Kids, don't never go the way that Brother Billy went. If you do, he'll turn you around. Mom and Dad, claim the token. Hold it over the top of them. We got a little boy in our church. His name is Joe Terry. He knocked at my office door one day and he says, My name is Joe. I can't quit now. I got this sister's plan. I hope you don't get tired. Just the same. He said, My name is Joe Terry. He said, I'm an alcoholic. I'm on Skid Row in Los Angeles. He said, but I heard a tape on Skid Row of your daddy. And he said, I believe that if I come back where his people are, that I'll be all right. He said, would you all pray for me? He's been with us how long? Probably 15, 20 years. Joe does good, he gets bad. He does good, he gets bad. Finally, they sent him away. What do you call it? Dry out toxic center, what they call these things. Oh, Joe, the Baptist church got a home. If you Baptists, I don't mean that wrong, but they done a little work on him. They said, you know what's wrong with you, Joe? He was under their program. He said, no. He said, you follow that man, William Branham, and that false doctor. You think you won't be put to test, but don't you worry. He said, you follow that man, William Branham, said, but for the six months that you're with us, said, you can't have one of his books and you can't have one of his tapes. says, we'll see what you do about it. Joe said six months he went without a book or a tape. He says, now to be completely well, you got to stand up before this 
great Baptist church of 2,500 people and declare William Branham as a false prophet. He said, I might be an alcoholic. I might not even know nothing. He said, but I'm not crazy. <laughs> he said, I'm not crazy. He said, I won't deny Joe's in church today. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like the brothers down in El Salvador. I know you heard the testimony. Said so the vigilantes was coming to get them. They walked out. They stopped the bus. They took the machine gun. They said, you'll either deny your God or we'll kill you. Said, you so-called Christians. Said, take your Bible and spit on it. And we'll let you live. Said, then people begin to spit on the Word of God. Said, but there's one old brother. He said, shoot me, kill me, hang me. But I'll not spit on the Word of God. Amen. That man said, kill the rest of them. There's not a Christian among them, but save him. Make your stand. Stand true. Never let it become common to you. Hold fast. It's the greatest message that you could have. It comes from the presence of God. The prophet of God, my dear daddy, he said, when I'm speaking this message, he said, it's even different to my own thinking of what I think the Word of God means. He says, but while I'm speaking, I get the revelation of it myself. It wasn't the thoughts of man, it was the thoughts of God. It's the voice of God to you and I this day. Thank you for inviting me. By God's grace, Monday morning at 7.14 I've got a ticket in my hotel room. The whole theme of this message has been united. I got a ticket on United Airlines. It's got my name across the top of it. William Paul Branham. I'm identified. It's got a number on there. Seat 27A. That's my seat. I left my family to come here to be with you. But 714, Monday morning by His grace... Say, where's that airplane at tonight? Well, I don't know, and I don't care. Don't bother me. But 714 is going to be in Vancouver at the International Airport. I'm going to walk up at that counter. They might say, there's no room for you, but I got a token. I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to say, my name is Billy Paul Branham. Put me on seat 27A and take me home to my family. If I've got enough confidence in United Airlines that that seat's waiting on me, I got another seat waiting on me. And that flight, that flight is flight 777.
Then by God's grace, I got the token tonight. And I'm going to walk up there that day, say, Father, it's mine. He'll say, welcome home, my son. God bless you. Let's stand and sing. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen. Yes, He has. He proved tonight. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen now. Every day. Every day shall bow. Thank you. 